millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie and I am your host. And uh, I'm having some problems with logic. I don't understand what's going on. But whatever. We'll deal with them. Hi. So I missed Friday. I missed Friday for a fairly good reason. I got called into work. Um, and we had a stand-up shift. And if you don't know what that means, it means basically we didn't go to bed. And then on, I worked on Saturday and Sunday my normal shift. And Saturday I was a zombie. Sunday I recovered. Monday, I hadn't seen my kid and kids in three days, and they were in a really good mood, so we went and did some fun stuff. So here it is Tuesday, and I'm finally getting to record. So I apologize for missing, but, uh, you know, it was for pretty good reasons, I think. <clears throat> Let's see. Ah, we have lots to talk about today, though. This is going to be a longer podcast than normal, just because I have so much stuff to talk about. So let's get to it. And I'm going to do this in phases, so it might sound a little wonky. So I have notes, but there's so many stories that I'm going to do a couple stories. I'm going to go back, make sure I know all my stuff, and then do a couple more stories, and then review and do a couple more stories, because there's a lot. And then we're also going to have some clips from the Tesla annual stockholders meeting. So it's going to be a big show. <sighs> First up, Inside EVs, J. Cole. All Chrysler Pacific hybrids are being recalled in the U.S. and Canada. Now, if you've listened to this show for any length of time, you know that I have a Chrysler Pacifica. It's not a hybrid. We were going to wait for the, or let's say, we wanted a hybrid, but we didn't want to wait. And we thought they were going to cost around 50000 to start, and that was outside of our price range. Uh, turns out they weren't that much more than what we paid for our car, about $3,000 more is the starting price, I think. For or is for the high end, so it wasn't that much more. But you know, what are you gonna do? Uh, they announced the product. I didn't really know if it was gonna come out, and we didn't know anything about pricing, so we went ahead and did what we did. Uh, but it turns out that the problem with these unruly cars is the diodes. Um, they don't work, or some of them don't work, and that causes the car to lose propulsion, which could be a problem. Fortunately, there have been no known injuries or death caused by said diodes. But yeah, all Chrysler Pacifica hybrids are being recalled. Next one is from Fred Lambert. In August 2017, if you live in the United States, you can order a Chevy Bolt anywhere in the United States. You don't have to live in California, New York, Oregon, some of the states where they initially rolled it out. It's any state in the whole of the United States. And that's exciting. Um, they moved it up. Initially, they were planning on uh, opening it up to every state in September. They're now opening it up in August. Now, this doesn't seem like much of a big deal, but the Chevy Bolt starts uh, production, and the first car should roll off the line at the end of July. So it kind of makes sense that Chevy would do this. However, I don't see a lot of people jumping ship. If you wanted a Chevy Bolt instead of a Model 3, You've probably already worked out how to get one, but who knows? Um, hopefully other people will buy the Chevy Bolt. I don't like the Chevy Bolt. I rented a Chevy Malibu when I was in Hawaii, and what a, uh, just not happy with that car. It, was, it, was an, uh, it wasn't an awful experience. It was a nice car, 
I guess. It was, an, it was a car that functioned. I just did not enjoy driving it. And I've had a couple experiences that with a couple different Chevys I've rented over the last couple of years. So, next up. Fred Lambert. Toyota and Tesla were once friends, but now they are two ships passing in the night. And they were friends with benefits. Toyota is building its own fully electric cars, um, which they've been doing uh, for a while. The, the big difference is they're putting more effort into it. So they're divesting themselves, if I use that word right, from Tesla. So initially the RAV4, the electric RAV4, was the powertrain was made by Tesla. Um, they stopped selling the RAV4 in 2014. So both companies have grown apart, and it makes sense to kind of sever the rest of the ties. Now, keep in mind, I think they made like a 50 million, wait, I can't, I didn't write down the investment, but they made a pretty sizable investment into Tesla early on. And it turns out that that paid off really well because Tesla is worth a ton of money right now. Let's see what it is today. Tesla. Stop. Price. $375.95. Up $16 just today. That's just insane. Um, a couple months ago it was one ninety nine. It's just it's really, really uh, going up, making stockholders a lot of money. So yeah, um, let's see. Five years ago, um, looks like I have a video that's playing. Sorry, hold on just a second. Get rid of that video. Five years ago, you could have got the stock for $37 a share. Now it is worth $375. Not too shabby if you got early on. Not too shabby at all. At one point, it was down as low as $19 a share. Good Lord. I really should have put some effort into buying stock back then. Let's see here. So, yeah. Toyota and uh, Tesla going their separate ways. Toyota will have their electric, 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 hmm, Toyota will have their EVs out sometime in 2020, which I already know they have some cars that are, I think there's a fully electric Prius, but they're, they're planning more apparently by 2020. At the 2017 annual shareholders meeting, Tesla showed off a teaser image of the Model Y and it turns out um, it's not a very good pick, and you have no idea what it looks like. I don't know why everybody's getting so excited about this. I'm excited about the Model Y itself, but the teaser pick, eh, there's not much there. Not much to discern. Uh, same thing, Tesla Semi will be unveiled in September. Musk told shareholders that they, this is all by friend, Fred Lambert, uh, that they already have buyers lining up, and this kind of goes into some of the clips that I pulled. And Tesla is involving the potential customers, the big buyers, not the little guy, um, in the designing process. So that gives them, uh, the buyers, more of a buy-in and, you know, Tesla more of an opportunity to sell the, the, the trucks to them. So nice and exciting. So the next article is from Fred Lambert again. Uh, we talked in the past how Australia has a lot of grid problems. And they have a lot of solar panels on top of residential and commercial roofs to help kind of curb that problem. Uh, Tesla is releasing the Powerwall in Australia. It's one of the first countries to get it. And that in itself is interesting and, and cool, and I'm really happy to hear that. But one of the uh, listener or uh, readers to Electric um, sent Fred Lambert a bunch of pictures. And that's what's the cool part of this, this article. So I'm going to put the, um, as I always do, I'm going to put the show notes, uh, the link to the article in the show notes, and check out the pictures. It's really neat. It's cool, uh, really beautiful looking power wall. They had to mount it outside, but it shows how it connects to the electrical panel. It shows um, what they did to mount it so that it's secured to the wall versus, you know, just kind of falling over. They did a ground mount. It's just, a, it, overall, it's just really neat, and I highly suggest taking a look at it. Okay, moving on. So, um, this is Taylor Marks from Tesla Arati. 
Elon Musk responded to a random uh, tweet asking if um, they could produce as much as um, Ford globally, which is roughly 6.6 million vehicles a year with a single factory, uh, which is a lot. That is a lot of output. Um, so Elon sent the tweet back saying, uh, and this is Elon's direct quote, probably closer to four or five factories. Logistics cost means you want to be close to the end customer, which makes sense. Um, and then he went on to say that each gigafactory would employ a ton of people. And that would guess that would, um, I'm paraphrasing the ton of people that would include manufacturing support, engineering, and, uh, jobs like that. Um, but Elon wants to eliminate employees doing repetitive tasks. So there's still going to be a lot of work, even though there's going to be a high level of autonomy in these factories. Uh, this is what he says. Also, we will have a very high head count around each gigafactory keeping it running. They just won't be doing boring, repetitive tasks. So uh, that's good news. Autonomous robots are not going to be taking away jobs. Hopefully they'll be adding two jobs. Eventually, I'm sure they'll take away jobs. But for now, that, that's not going to be the case, at least at the Gigafactory. This is next one's from Gene at Teslarati. Teslarati's new Easter egg is Monty Python, at least in the U.S. Um, a Tesla owner can tap the voice bo button on the steering wheel and say, play Monty Python. And then the car plays Monty Python, plays a Monty Python clip anyway. Uh, when I had the, um, when I rented the 2013 Model S, um, it would do something similar. So I'm I'm unclear, and so are others, how this is exactly a Easter egg, unless Tesla's done sort of some sort of licensing licensing with Monty Python. Um, but I can tell you, this feature would have been very useful when I was in high school. My buddy and Trapper, my buddy Trapper and I, we used to drive from our hometown to Anchorage, which was I lived on the Kenai Peninsula, and I in my head I want to say four hours, but it may not have been quite four hours to drive up there. And we'd drive up there because we were geeks. We'd go to Babbage's and get whatever the latest game was and then drive home. It was a whole ordeal. Um, but it was a whole lot of fun. But we listened to a lot of Monty Python on the way up and the way back. And one of the other things we did is we would read the entire game manual from start to finish, including all of the um, boring stuff in the front, the legal stuff. Um, I don't know that that's interesting. I just found it to be geeky, and I kind of nostalgia out a little bit there. Um, but yeah, we'd go up to Anchorage, get a, a new game, eat a couple of pretzels at the Diamond Center Mall, and then go home. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. But this feature would have been awesome. Um, that way we wouldn't have had to have tapes that frequently did, may or may not have worked. Um, I don't know. A lot of fun. Do, 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 do. We can always play our favorite clips. One of mine is the, che the cheese. One of my favorites. Anyway, um, Jay Taylor at Teslarati, the boring company secures a tunneling permit from Hawthorne, California. Now that's interesting and that's kind of moving things along. Um, Elon says that it's more of a hobby. There's a few interns, some part-time employees um, at the boring company. It's not really anything big, but this is, this is interesting because, you know, they've got their first permit in Hawthorne. But what is more interesting is, um, oh, what was this guy's name? Hold on. It's Cole. I just put the beta version of iOS on my iPad, so I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing here. Let me go to the article. Because he said something that I don't know if I, w if I would say out loud, even though you might be thinking it. Um, the city manager of Santa Monica, Rick Cole, uh, he's very skeptical of the whole um, boring company and the idea of the boring company. So this is what he says. Cole put his response in no uncertain terms, that we would laugh them out of our office, adding that it's completely absurd that's a that it's a completely absurd pipe dream. His perspective is not an isolated one, with many leaders expressing doubts over the viability of a colossal task of securing the necessary approvals from the hodgepodge of cities and regulatory agencies that would be required for a Los Angeles tunnel system. Now, 
on the surface today, that does not look like a ridiculous statement. However, Mr. Cole, um, I would not put that in paper on on record when it comes to Elon Musk, because you might be eating those words, and you might be eating those words while looking for another job, because Elon Musk seems to get things done. I don't know exactly how he does it. He just kind of has this way about him, but he gets things done, and he's a very smart person, and if you try to um, BS him, he's smart enough to uh, throw facts back at your face. He, he, he does his homework, so I can't imagine that Rick Cole, that's going to be a quote um, that's not going to haunt him. That's going to haunt him for a very long time. That's my, my prediction. Uh, let's see. This is Fred Lambert, and I've been looking at this because I look about every week. Tesla has a ton of Model S's. Um, they start about 40,000. They're higher miles, 2012s, 2013s. Um, but you can get a P85. You can get a... Um, and in that price range, you can get an 85, you can get a, um, you know, the 60s, of course, which is, I don't know, I think that's really cool. Now, again, I don't want to spend, for me personally, I'm not going to spend $40,000 on a used car. I'm going to, if I spend that much, it's going to be on a brand new car. But it is very cool, and the prices um, for a used Tesla are becoming more affordable. So we'll see what happens over time. And then this is our last story before we get to the main uh, bit, which is the annual stockholders meeting. A trucker uh, reported, reportedly, I can't read today, reportedly intentionally ran over several people at a Tesla Explorers event in Detroit. Now, we talked about the Tesla Explorers event a while back. Um, a Model X pulls an Airstream trailer from town to town showing potential customers how to use the online configurator, basically. And this, what this allows, basically, is Tesla can go to different places without having to open up a store, especially states that don't allow Tesla to have direct sales, and show people what a Tesla's all about and answer their questions and let them see the Model X and all that fun stuff. So this is, uh, this is what witnesses told WDIV Local 4. The driver crossed the center line at a high speed, intentionally at a high speed, intentionally slammed into people. The witnesses said three people were hit by the truck and flew into the air, including a 73-year-old man who became wedged underneath the airstream. A fourth person was injured, declined, uh, who was injured, declined medical treatment, and appears to be okay. After the truck hit the witness, witnesses, uh, after the truck hit the victims, witnesses said. It pulled over to the side of the road, and the passenger and driver switched seats, which, uh, that's a big no-no. Uh, and, you know, take it out of part where you hit four people. It's also a big no-no to jump out of the seat and pretend like you weren't driving. And can I just say this? Like, if I was with a friend, and we were driving, and let's just pretend, because um, I won't get in a car with a drunk, somebody who's been drinking, but let's just pretend this person's been drinking and I didn't know it, right? Or done some sort of drug and I didn't know it. So we're driving along. He starts acting erratically. I'm like, okay, let's stop. And then he runs over four people. When he turns to me or she turns to me and says, hey, switch me seats. There's no way I'm going to do that. <laughs> it, could be, it could be my wife and I wouldn't switch them seats. There's no way I'm going to put uh, my reputation, my life, my... Um, ability to earn for my family, any of that stuff uh, on for somebody else. Like, that ridiculous. But the, um, the driver has been, is now in custody and he's undergoing drug and alcohol testing. But who would do that? I mean, honest to goodness. I love my wife and I love my kids more than anything in the world. But there's, I mean, there's, a, there's a, you got to be accountable. Uh, and, and then, I can understand the person who did the crime is like, oh, I don't, I, I have, you know, f felony warrants or whatever. I don't want to get caught uh, versus the other person or I have a lot to lose. But what, what, what would, that is so astounding to me to ask somebody to take the rap for you. That's bizarre. Um, but let's see. Michigan is one of those rare states where Tesla's not, uh, they've had a lot of difficulties establishing, um, 
a business model because they can't do direct sales. Uh, Connecticut, they just lost the ability to do direct sales. And Texas, apparently they can't do direct sales. But Texas just had a $2,500 EV um, tax credit uh, that they opened up. Um, so they, you know, obviously in Michigan, they straight face strong oppositions from car dealerships and automakers. So I'm not really sure, you know, it doesn't make sense. I don't want to go down the conspiracy theory road that uh, they were attacked because they were Tesla. I think they were attacked because the guy was just an a-hole. But if it is a conspiracy theory, um, it'll be interesting to see how that whole thing plays out. All right. That is all of the stories that I have for today. But I do have some cool stuff. I don't know if you can hear my cat snoring. He has, he has some airway obstructions um, that we can't fix because we tried to put him under once and he almost died. So he's just kind of had to live with it. But you can, when he sleeps, he, can, he snores like a, a buzz saw. It's, it's amazing how much that cat can snore. <laughs> Here we go. Contact info. Oh, before we do this, I'm going to do a pick. So the lovely fellas at, um, oh man, uh, um, the name the name of the podcast has escaped me, and I love this podcast. Ah, it's it's talking Tesla, that's the podcast. So um, it seems that uh, we all talk about Teslas, we all talk about EVs, we all talk about solar. Uh, so it makes sense that we're going to find some things that overlap, but it tends to. It tend, they tend to overlap with me more than most, and I'm not saying that they listen to this show because that would be ridiculous. I don't think any of them even knows I exist. However, um, it's just very coincidental. So please don't think that I'm copying them when I do these things. First, I had a podcast where I reviewed stuff, and I was like, this is ridiculous. I'll just top, tack it at the end of a kilowatt podcast, and then I'm not paying for two hosting um, services but I'm still accomplishing the same task. And then in that same week, they did that as well, where they started adding picks, which is something that we all stole from, like, I think, Leo Laporte. Um, and I think Merlin Mann was the first to really uh, put that out there. But anyway, uh, they were talking about Root. So AAA of California has decided that Tesla's uh, cost more to fix and sh therefore should be more to insure. And they're in their grand wisdom. So they were talking about that and they mentioned a insurance company called Root. Well, three weeks ago, and it's important to note that there was more, it was actually a little more than three weeks ago, I signed up for Root because I had seen it on TechCrunch and I was like, well, what is this? And, you know, this would be a good thing to see if A, I can save a little bit of money and B, I can talk about it on the podcast. So it takes two to three weeks, just so you know, to get your quote back. But here's how it works. Root takes your um, phone, you load an app on it, it, you give it access to the accelerometers, GPS data, and some other stuff, and then basically you drive around like you normally would for two weeks, th two to three weeks, depending. Um, it took me a little bit longer than three weeks to hit whatever um, milestones they needed to give me a price quote. Now, currently I have Progressive, and my current price on Progressive for two cars full coverage, um, two SUVs, full coverage is about 780 bucks. So my wife and I put these apps on the phone. The people at Root could not be nicer because I had some issues um, starting off and they, you know, corrected them no problem. Um, very kind, very nice, always called back. Um, had a lot of questions before I even signed up. They were very patient in answering those questions. So, um, as far as customer service goes, it was great. The app ran on in the background when you drove and when you um, stopped after a certain amount of time, it stopped using location data. And so if you were somewhere for two days and you didn't drive, it wasn't tracking you during that time, only when you were driving. Um, so overall, I'd say the experience was okay. I was being a firefighter um, and especially I guess it doesn't matter. When you're in a fire truck and you're driving, 
it um, you have a tendency to drive erratically. So I didn't feel like it was, necess it was necessarily a good idea to take that in the truck with me. So I didn't take it in the truck um, during those times just to try to get a good number because I don't know how they know that I'm... <laughs> that I'm driving a fire truck versus driving uh, like an idiot in a car. So um, let's see here. Three weeks in, they give me a quote, and it was 710. Now, this is going to vary, obviously, based on um, your driving, your driving history, and, you know, some other factors. But what Root says is that they don't take into consideration, like, I don't live in the greatest of neighborhoods. So I'm gonna say that I live in a middle to lower middle income neighborhood, just as a general rule. We've lived here for about 10 years. And the, you know, we, there's just regular working people that live in my neighborhood. And um, there's some areas outside of my neighborhood that are a little bit rough. So I feel like I pay higher insurance based on where I live. Root doesn't do that. They they say, if you're a good driver, you're a good driver, and we'll give you a good rate. So um, based on their calculations, they quoted me like at 720 or something like that. Now, I will say that I was a little biased because I haven't ever, you know, I haven't used Root. So to make the jump for $60 to a company that might be, let's say, worse uh, than progressive when it comes time to fix your car or, you know, for medical expenses, if you get in a car wreck, I wasn't really to risk that for 50 bucks. They say they can save you up to 40%. So if I could do $300 every six months or $400 every six months, well, then I probably would have considered it a little bit more strongly. But as a general rule, I've had a positive experience with the company. They were very up uh, front. They called back when they said they were going to call back. So if you're looking for a new insurance company and you think your insurance is too high, definitely check it out. All right, I'm going to take a little break and get the uh, clips ready, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the annual stockholders meeting. Oh, you know what? Before I do that, just in case you don't want to listen to the annual stockholders meeting stuff, and some of you do, some of you don't, how to contact me. You can. That's the wrong button. You can email me, Bodie, at 918digital.com. You can hit me up at Twitter. on It's at 918digital. My phone number is 918-401-0071 if you want to call and leave a message. Uh, you can leave a review wherever you get the, your podcasts. That would be fantastic and very helpful. And then I have a sticker pack for iOS messenger messages. I don't know why I can't talk today. Um, go ahead and check that out if you want to help support the show and you have iOS devices um, because I use that money to kind of help offset hosting costs and some other things um, because it costs money to run these things. Um, who knew? All right, I'm going to take a quick break and then I'll come back and we will chat about the annual stockholders meeting. Okay, I'm back. I had to check on the kids, make sure they're doing good, kind of get some stuff set up. So the first clip, let's just jump into it. The first clip is Elon explaining um, kind of like the whole um, synergy between SolarCity and, and Tesla and how all of that kind of works together. So let's listen to that. So, so really the, one of the key things that happened this year is the, the beginning of the transition of Tesla to a fully integrated sustainable energy company uh, where um, you have solar uh, creating the energy, uh, then the, the stationary battery pack, the power wall and power pack storing the energy, and then that energy being used in an electric vehicle. Now the great thing about this is it's, it's, it, it answers all, it, it's a fully, uh, it's a fully contained ener energy solution that could, could scale for the whole world. And I'm, uh, um, into that for a moment, but it's something where you can imagine as far in the future, uh, well, well, well beyond human civilization, which I hope lasts a really long time, um, uh, that, that this is something that, that would last for really, you know, this is 
this, this works, and, and, and there, I think there are no unanswered questions. Um, you know, even, the, even the gigafactory or the gig factories that, that make these products will be powered by sustainable energy. So like, I, I really don't think there's any um, hole in, left in the argument, uh, you know, because when we're making electric cars, people would say that, well, they're just uh, they're really coal powered. And, and there's like the long tailpipe, you know, and the tight tailpipe's really over there by the power plant. We're like, yeah, but you know, we're gonna have sustainable energy generation too. Um, and, and then, but, but then you can still have gasoline cars. So you could have electric cars, sustainable, sustainable energy uh, production, and then you go to store that energy because the sun don't shine at night. It's real simple. One, two, three. <laughs> it's been amazingly difficult to explain this. <laughs> I'm like, only three pictures there, man. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs>
and I downloaded the Tesla app and I put in my Solar City credentials and it didn't work. I wasn't able to see what I was generating. So I don't know if you have to have a car or a power wall to see all this stuff. I, I, I don't know. I'll do some more research into that and get back to you. Uh, the next thing is, um, and it's important to a lot of Tesla owners, I would imagine, is the um, superchargers. Um, Andrew, this year we will double the number of Tesla superchargers in the world. So double one year over year. And I think next year will probably be at least 50% increase, maybe double again next year. This gives you just a sense for how many superchargers there are in the world. The number being shown is 10,000 plus by the end of 2017. And the map is still going. Up the globe. It's worth noting this is actually the only high-speed charging network in the world. There isn't, there isn't even a second one. I asked our, our head of head of our supercharger program. Um, okay, well, what's the second best high-speed charging network in the in the world? And he said, well, there's this one place in the Netherlands, uh, but it's I think it, it's only like 60 or 70 kilowatts, but there's only one of it. Okay, and I said, well, uh, and, and off it usually doesn't work. Okay, <laughs> all right. All right. And then, and then autopilot. Oh, yeah. sorry about that. Uh, yes, and then the next thing is about autopilot. I don't know that I have more to say about that. I think more superchargers, the better. Uh, they want to have... He talked about wanting, and I cut a lot of this stuff out. It's a 48-minute, I think, or 43-minute total long talk, and I cut a bunch of things out that I didn't think were necessarily that important or things that we've talked about a lot on this show. Um, but one of the things he talked about is for, and this might be coming up in another one, another clip, but he, and I'll skip past it if it is, but he talked about the need for in uh city superchargers so or in city charging which would be a little slower than your typical supercharger but people who live in apartment complexes um, or in big cities like new york who don't have a garage to install a supercharger uh, they could go to these uh, smaller supercharging stations and they'll be a little bit slower um, but it, it's still a, a, a possibility for them to go and um and, and charge their vehicle. One of the other things uh, that he talked about was upgrading the supercharger locations with, you know, basically cool amenities. So when you're on a long distance drive, you can stop and, you know, enjoy yourself while your car is charging versus, you know, sit there and, and add an hour to your drive because you're just bored or 30 minutes to your drive because you're bored and you got nothing else to do. So you're just gonna sit in the car. So kind of make it fun. So the next thing he's going to talk about autopilot and the kind of transitioning away from Mobileye and into um, their own hardware. And then, and then autopilot, um, it, it's definitely been a tough, um, tough slog transitioning from the Mobileye vision chip to Tesla's internal vision system. Uh, but I think we're, we're almost uh, there in terms of exceeding the ability of the hardware one cars. So the hardware two cars have all of the hardware necessary for full autonomy. So there's eight cameras, 12 of the most advanced uh, ultrasonic sonar sensors, uh, a radar, a very good uh, GPS and an IMU, um, and uh, everything necessary to go full autonomy. It's really about up, um, upgrading the software over time. So I think with the next release of software, which is maybe as soon as next week, um, we will finally exceed um, the experience of the hardware one cars, and then it's going to advance very rapidly from there. And our, our goal remains being able to drive autonomously from a parking lot um, in California to a parking lot in New York um, without touching a control at any point along the along the way. I, I, I know that some people have said, and I've heard people say online that they would love to be the person that drives from a parking lot in California to a parking lot in New York. Uh, that sounds like the most dull drive um, to me. Like, you still have to pay attention. You still have to make sure your car doesn't crash. Um, but you're, you know, doing, you're just doing nothing for as long as it takes to drive there. I don't know that that's that exciting. Uh, or at least it wouldn't be that exciting to me. 
Okay, so the next thing he's going to talk about is factory safety, and I will not beat you over the head with this, and uh, I'll also try to be better on the mute button when he's coming out of these statements. Uh, but it's important, uh, something that's important to me, so let's listen. An uh, important thing that we're um, making progress on is factory safety. Uh, so, uh, th th so far this year, uh, Tesla is 32% below the uh, auto automotive industry uh, injury rate, uh, and that, that trend is better and better with each passing month. So I, I think we're on track to be uh, less than half the injury rate of the automotive industry, and by far better than any other U.S. factory, uh, which I think is something um, that's extremely important. So, uh, then, and we kind of talked about this a little bit in the, I think, in the actual show part of the, the news part of the show, but the next part thing we're going to talk about is the Tesla uh, Semi, which I, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. I am very excited. Um, I'm, let me just kind of tell you why. <clears throat> I don't, I'm not going to drive a Semi, but I do drive a fire truck. I drive a huge 100-foot stick. So my truck is over 40-some feet long. Um, it weighs a lot, and it gets about three miles to the gallon if it's doing well. That's a, that's a good number. Um, I would love for somebody to convert a Model S, or excuse me, a Tesla Semi into a custom, custom chassis that looks like a fire truck and put a box on it so that we could do things like on heavy rescues or on ladder trucks have an electric um, component for just driving around and then have some sort of PTO generator component that's uh, powered by uh, dead dinosaurs to um, operate uh, mission critical functions like raising the ladder or um, lighting a scene or something like that so that that's this is all very exciting to me and uh, hopefully it's exciting to you um, but this is kind of went over this again in uh, the news unless I cut it out I can't remember my brain is such mush lately uh, but hopefully you enjoy it because I did and then we've got some future products uh, so the semi truck we're gonna unveil at the end of September and I think that's that's very exciting a lot of people don't think you can do um, a heavy-duty, long-range truck uh, that's electric, but we are confident that this is this can be done. So we'll um, be showing off a, a working prototype uh, at end of, at, you know, not too long from now, the end of September. And uh, we, we've shown it to a number of the uh, organizations that buy heavy-duty trucking, and they all love it. Uh, they just want to know how, how many can they buy and how soon. Like cool so yeah that's that's exciting you already have a built-in uh, you already have a built-in customer base and let's talk about model Y model Y for me is way more exciting than the model 3 and the reason why is is I have a, a family and I have a family that has a lot of you know when you go somewhere with two toddlers or two young children, you have to take a lot of stuff with you. So the Model Y seems to me like it would be a better fit for my family. My wife likes to sit up higher in a vehicle. My wife doesn't necessarily care what she drives, but she does care how it feels. And she likes to sit up higher so that she can see. She doesn't like sitting down low. When I had my Volkswagen Jetta, she was not a fan of sitting so low to the ground. Um, so I think for my family, the Model Y would be a better fit. And Elon has some really cool things to say about it. And then Model Y, um, I'm, I'm really excited about Model Y. It, it's, you know, there's been some criticism, like we should sort of do it derived from the Model 3 platform. But I think actually we made a mistake in trying to derive the Model X from the Model S platform. Um, it would have been better to just design, design an SUV the way an SUV should be designed design a sedan the way a sedan should be designed. Otherwise, you're just trying to shoehorn something in that, that doesn't make sense. Um, also, there are a number of, I think, really major manufacturing improvements that can be done um, that allow us to build a car in, in a way that a car has never been built before. 
Um, it, the, the, the capital expenditures, I think, will be substantially less. I, I'm, I'm confident that we could drop the CapEx by a factor of two between Model 3 and Model 1, which I think is a really big deal, and accelerate uh, its readiness despite the new technologies. So we're aiming for that, uh, you know, to, to hit the roads in, in, in 2019 approximately. Um, and probably the demand for the Model Y will exceed the, the demand for the Model 3. Basically going to be the configurator. Oops, sorry. Yes, I would agree with that. The model, the demand for the Model Y is definitely going to exceed the demand for the Model 3. Um, something that's built on a whole new platform uh, is always exciting. Um, let's see how... So in this next clip, I, I included not because it gives a lot of information, um, but because uh, Elon kind of teases the crowd a little bit, and you know it's fun. It's a fun clip. So um, there's a few other things I haven't mentioned here. I've got to, you know. <laughs> I just like really recommend showing up for the semi truck uh, unveiling. Maybe there's a little more than we're saying here. So okay, so it, it, that's that's fun, and I am, I don't know exactly how to do this, but I am going to try to wiggle my way into a semi-truck reveal press conference. I don't know how it's going to happen. I am going to um, start requesting um, an invitation, because I would really like to go more than the Model 3. I would love to go to the Model 3, but more than the Model 3, I'd really like to go to the Model or to the semi-event. Let's see how, the next thing, Elon's gonna talk about the configurator for the Model 3. Initially, the Model 3 configurators, it's kind of gonna be like, what color do you want, and what size wheels do you want? That's basically gonna be the configurator. And then, and then we'll, we'll show what other, what, what other versions are coming later, um, as soon as we, we, we get configuration one right. Um, but they, and, and with a timeline associated with, with each configuration. Uh, for example, we were gonna start off with dual motor, but, but, but that's like, wait a second, we just doubled the probability of something going wrong if we get two motors, because they're two different motor architectures. Um, one motor is optimized for, for uh, highway travel, and one's optimized for stop and go traffic, which is great for maximizing your, uh, your, your mileage in city and maximizing your highway, your, your mileage on on freeway, and and having an incredible acceleration, but it's too, too much complexity right off the bat. So it'll just be single motor to begin with, and then we'll have the dual motor config. If we're lucky, to end of this year, more likely early next. So that's interesting. Um, I didn't know the thing about the dual motor. Um, I I think that that is a. I didn't. I, th I just figured the dual motor. They were just two motors, and they were powering it at the same time. I did not know that there was one motor that was for highway driving, one motor that was for c city driving. So I think that was a very informational uh, uh, or a, a clip that contained a whole lot of really valuable information for me, anyway. Uh, somebody th now there's some Q and A time um, at where Elon asked. He answered about twenty questions, um, and someone asked him, "What about you know?" Can he comment on worker safety? Now, he already talked about it a little bit, but he, he adds to it in this clip. Uh, in terms of what changes are being made to address uh, uh, safety, um, so this is something we're driving really hard on um, every week, um, meeting with the safety team every week, so what, what can we do to make it better? And um, like I said, I think, I think we're, we're, we're well on our way to uh, having an entry rate that is that is half that of the rest of the auto industry and way better than any other car company. Um, the, the, a key change that was actually already made um, late last year was uh, having three shifts instead of two. So the a lot of the entries would happen um, when somebody was it had like a 10, 11 hour day. Um, you just get hired um, and then um, that, that's when you, you tend to get injured. So. Um, having three shifts made a huge difference to uh, entry rate, um, and uh, and then redesigning uh, a lot of the processes to be uh, a lot more ergonomic, um, and improving the fixtures and tooling. There's a lot of detailed work that needs to go into um, avoiding repetitive stress injuries, 
And um, but but I, I'm really proud of what the safety team's doing, and I think we're we're making huge progress uh, towards being the, the the safest automotive company in the world. So that just adds a little bit more information in terms of what Tesla's doing. Um, we talked about this a little bit when I when I talked about Root, uh, but somebody asked us, what do you think of the AAA uh, Southern California's increase in Tesla insurance premiums? And he kind of got a kick out of that question, and here's how he answered it. Okay, so somewhat randomly, AAA of Southern California hugely increased Tesla insurance premiums. Uh, there was a simple solution, change your insurance provider. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, from a study we, we did, um, the, um, the, the, the average rate for insuring a Model S or Model X is about 5% lower than uh, other premium vehicles. And if you actually pick the right insurance provider, it can be 20 or 30% lower. Um, so it, it just, it's just, it's really hard to... It's for, for, their to, to for, for, for death or serious injury in, in an S or an X, you really have to, it's like hard to, to do that, okay? We <laughs> um, literally had one person go down, I don't know, like a 300 foot cliff slash ravine and they w walked out of the car. Um, so the, um, and then with, Automatic emergency braking, which is getting better and better as the, the software improves, um, that actually uh, helps a great deal with pedestrians and cyclists. And um, and, and then because the, the Model S and the X have such a long crumple zone that's two to three times longer than a conventional automotive car that's got a, a big engine steel block in there, it means you actually are helping even like even the, the car that you hit, uh, the, the the combined crumple zone of both cars is substantially greater than if two gasoline cars hit. So it's not just your health and safety with, the, the safety is not just good for, for people in the car, it actually helps um, if you do have a collision with, with another car. A and, and then we've, the, the, the hood is designed to be like a, like a sort of trampoline. Now it's not the, not the funnest trampoline, <laughs> um, but, but, but the, again, there's no big engine block that you're gonna hit. So you can sort of, um, if, you, if you do hit a pedestrian, the, the it's, not, it's, not, it's not a good time, but <laughs> but but the the, the 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 essentially the spring effect of, of having a hood that doesn't impact a, a big steel engine block is is really makes a big difference to um, the lives of, of, of a pedestrian if, you, if, if if one is hit. For Model Three rollout in states that don't allow direct sales, Sorry, I don't uh, know where this is going. Stop. Okay, uh, that's interesting. I thought the. I mean, obviously, crumple zones, or maybe not so obviously, if you don't know anything about um, how car accidents work, are a big deal. I did not realize that the front of the car was a trampoline, and uh, that's that was kind of fun to hear. The um, the overall safety of the vehicle, it may it, insurance companies in in my view, right? And I have some experience with health insurance companies through family, and I have some experience with uh, car insurance companies just personally. But it seems like insurance companies, once one does something, they all kind of move, gravitate towards that, that, that something. So once one, it's like airline companies. Once one airline company got away with charging us to have bags um, that we travel with, like a normal human being would, uh, then they all did it. And once one airline company decided, and I've been flying a lot lately, so I'm really pissy about the airlines, uh, decided, hey, we can sell you a ticket for, let's pretend, $750. Um, and then when you buy the ticket for $750, you go on to pick your seats, and there are no seats available for the price that you just paid. You have to pay an upgrade fee or wait to be assigned um, when you check in. Really irritating. Um, but insurance companies kind of do the same thing is once one gets away with something outrageous, they all just kind of jump on it, whether it's health insurance companies or car insurance companies. Um, obviously the next one, cause we kind of heard it is the, um, handling, uh, cars and without direct sales. And this kind of goes, uh, back into the article similar 
uh, has some relation with the article that we talked about where the, the guy hit the, the poor people in Detroit. So let's, let's hear what he has to say about that. And uh, this seems very obvious to me, but maybe it's not obvious to everybody. So let's hear what he has to say. For Model 3 rollout in states that don't allow direct sales, um, as you may be aware, we get a lot of pushback from the dealer groups. Um, and um, I mean, they, they say that their, their mode of sales is, is superior. I'm like, okay, well then why would you want a legal block if people love it so much? Um, <laughs> That doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, so, th but, but the 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 answer is actually you, you can order a Tesla in any state in the country. So there's no limitation on ordering a car, um, and uh, we can service anywhere in the country. So actually, all you need to do is go on the website, order the car, and uh, that's it. Um, we, we can't do uh, sales in stores in every in every state, but we actually sell in every state. And there are, there are Teslas in every state in the United States. So all you need to do is just like order it like you're ordering something you know, from Amazon or Apple or whatever. Just go on the website and order it and it shows up. <laughs> like that. Um, and then we'll take, we take, care, of, take care of servers. So um, just, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff like for Connecticut and, and uh, some other uh, like Michigan and things like that we were talking about and have talked about in the past where direct sales is being blocked or they're trying to, I think Kansas was one of the places. Just kind of gives you a, a sense of, yeah, you know, we can still do this. Um, the next question is kind of a silly one. Someone asks, you know, what does Elon do for f fun basically? Or how does he split his time? Oh, really? <laughs> Some of these questions, by the way, I'm seeing as you're seeing them. <laughs> so the exact question is, what does at Elon Musk do for relaxing after work? Sports, music, movies, work more? Um, what do I do for relaxing? Well, um, it may not shock you, but sports is not like a... <laughs> the thing that I do a lot of. Um, do listen to music, um, particularly in the car. Um, and we're actually, in terms of the music selection, um, I think there's going to be some exciting announcements in terms of how the music selection. I think it's very hard to find good playlists or good matching algorithms. Um, I mean, we have something that works okay right now, but I think it could work really, really great. Um, yeah, um, but there'll, there'll be a few announcement in that later this year. I think it's going to be, this is going to be like the music you want to listen to. Um, yeah, I think, I think, well, at least I want to listen to it more than anything. <laughs> 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 we'll see. Um, I, I do watch movies. Um, I, I do love movies. And I used to watch a lot of them less these days because of work. I, I mean, I don't want to spend time talking about those questions because I don't know if it's super relevant to uh, <laughs> Tesla, you know. <laughs> as a company, but um, I went to the Wonder Woman movie with my kids this weekend. That was great. Uh, <laughs> usually it's work more, though. <laughs> it's usually work more. Um, so, um, yeah, hang out with my kids, see friends, normal stuff. Sometimes go crazy on Twitter. <laughs> uh, you know, it's sort of... Um, with a little red wine, vintage record player, some Ambien. <laughs> Magic. Magic happens. There's two things I want to unpack in this statement, or this, this clip, is one is Tesla's working on something music-related in terms of curating playlists. And that's great. I think that's awesome. Um, a lot of people have tried to do that, and it's hard to do. But two, um, the idea of Elon Musk hanging out in his slippers and a smoking jacket and silk pajamas. I, I know I'm describing a fantasy. Hold on. Drinking a little bit of red wine. Got his vintage record player. And he's high as F on Ambien uh, with the, uh, the combination of the red wine. That makes me giggle a little bit. Uh, the next clip, what are we going to talk about? Uh, they're, they're talking about the Model Y, and it goes a little bit more in-depth on uh, building a, a new plant. So, 
Uh, are you expecting a, a new plant to be built for the Model Y? Uh, yeah, we, we are. <laughs> I think the the existing Gigafactory will probably supply the battery, in fact, will supply the battery pack and uh, drivetrains and motor and power electronics for the Model Y, but the Model Y vehicle plant will be a, a new plant, essentially a new new Gigafactory that we've we got to figure out the exact location of, um, but um, there's just no room at Fremont. We are bursting at the seams. Um, like, honestly, like, if I ask you, like, what's your number one complaint? It's uh, parking. It's like, okay. We, like, practically had a riot the other day for parking. And I'm like, sorry, guys. Um, yeah, what happens, we, we had a bunch of contractors come on, on site to uh, install equipment for the, the, the Model 3, and he hadn't counted on the fact that there'd be 500 extra people that showed up to install massive amounts of equipment. So then, okay, we were, we're parking lot was full, so therefore, uh, you know, uh, it's like uh, conservation of uh, mass here, or conservation of volume. <laughs> There's 500 people who can't park. <laughs> um, anyway, it's, it's crazy how much parking lot is a pain in the butt. Um, so, um, so we're, we're bursting the seams at Fremont. So there's just no way we could do Model Y at Fremont. So it's going to have to be somewhere else. Um, and uh, I think Fremont's just going to be really focused on obviously SNX and and then ramping up uh, model, model 3. I think we'll even have to transfer some of the things we do at Fremont uh, to the Gigafactory just to allow for model 3 expansion. So uh, yeah, that's exciting. And if I could pitch, and I know that's probably not practical, but if I could pitch Elon, I would say bring it to Arizona and um, give me lots of tours and let me hang out there. I would really like that. Uh, the, not, the last question, the final question is, how do you allocate your time across the different companies? I know that this has been brought up several times in blogs and things like that, but it's nice to hear Elon uh, describe it. And it's also kind of nice to, <laughs> like, like you love your kids, right? You love your kids, but sometimes your kids can be real pains in the butt and they can be real jerks. And uh, it doesn't mean you don't love them. It just means that there's, you know, trying times and there's fun times. And you kind of get the sense of that with this clip. Um, so how do I allocate my time across different companies? Um, yeah, so I think um, it's, it's uh, very important to appreciate that uh, uh, tweet frequency does not, uh, is, does no correlation with what I actually do for a work basis. <laughs> <laughs> so like I might tweet a lot about like the boring company, which is basically a hobby. Uh, it's like not, I would, you know, wouldn't even call that a real company at this point. Um, it's got like three people, some interns and some part-time people. Uh, that's it. Um, we're making good, pretty good progress for, for all that, um, but like that's just kind of like a fun, fun thing to do, where there's like no pressure. Everyone thinks it's gonna fail, so it's like okay, like can only, you know, can only can only go up from there. So, so like, yeah, like low expectations are great. Um, so, but but the boring company is maybe two percent of my time. Um, uh, Neuralink is three to five percent of my time. OpenAI is maybe a couple percent, um, and then 90% plus is, is divided between SpaceX and Tesla. So depending upon, and it's probably slightly more Tesla, because uh, Tesla's like a drama magnet, so it's like, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, so I have to deal with Tesla drama. Um, so, uh, but on average it's probably um, about half of my time is between SpaceX and Tesla. Um, and there's a lot to be gained, uh, you know, knowing how rockets are done and how cars are done. Um, in, in rockets, you, f you have to deal, work on very advanced materials, make things super light, um, and, and being able to translate some of that to automotive, I think, has been very, very helpful. Um, so it, it, did, it does do some good there. Um, but, but I just want to <laughs> emphasize very clearly, 90% um, plus of my time is divided between SpaceX and Tesla, and, um, and then remaining less than 10% is everything else. So that's it. That's the whole thing. I think he described it as the, the way his uh, business time, I think he described it really well. And uh, it's just kind of, like I said, funny to hear the, the way he talks about the, the companies, uh, almost like their kids, um, and you know even the, the troubles, just like their kids when they get in trouble or you know there's drama in between um, children. 
or children in the outside world. But that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I know it was a little bit longer than normal, um, but uh, I enjoyed putting it all together. And, uh, excuse me, I really hope that you guys have a fantastic uh, two days, basically, because I'm going to record this all over again on Sunday, or on Thursday, because i got to work on Friday and Saturday, and I want to make sure that I'm not late again for another week. Uh, but, yeah, that is it. And I will leave you with this. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for coming. Uh, it's great to see you, and look forward to seeing you next year. Thank you. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.